Welcome to Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff, where we interview newsmakers, storytellers, and all-around interesting people. Sit back, relax, uh, unless you're driving, and enjoy the show. Here's Jackson. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jackson Huff. This is Not in a Huff. Thanks again for joining me. Appreciate it as always. This week, as you see from the title, I am interviewing Zoe Roth, who is most famous, I believe, for being Disaster Girl. She, at the age of five, became a meme way back in in the mid-2000s. She is that meme that I'm sure you've seen or used once or twice of, you know, the house on fire and then the, the... girl with kind of a mysterious smile in the in the right hand corner um but yeah it it, uh, it was a pleasure speaking with her i you know when i set up this podcast you know the the hope was to to speak with people you know that were you know had a a huge maybe 15 minutes of fame and then we wonder what what happened with them you know if you go all the way back to the very first episode you'll see yeah, that was something that was really interesting to me. So it's really cool to speak with her. Um, doing amazing things now. She'll talk about that. Um, she was, you know, five years old when the picture was taken. It took a few years for it to really blow up. Uh, but now she just graduated um, from UNC. So she is a, a recent graduate, a recent college graduate, doing some some cool things. Um, when this was recorded, a few things hadn't happened yet. So she was in the news very recently because she actually sold the NFT uh, for Disaster Girl, the original picture. Now this is something NFTs. The I, you know I I'm not really even very good at, at trying to explain it. I I don't even understand it myself completely. Uh, NFT I think it's non fungible token. So it's kind of like this. You you own the original digital copy, like the original digital stamp copy of you know a meme so you know whether it's disaster girl or you know neon cat or overly attached girlfriend all these things um you know, recently they've been selling for high high amounts of money you can look it up um with, with this particular one with disaster girl um it's sold for you know mid six digits so really happy for her there you know we talk about being able to i guess capitalize on um, the meme at this time it hadn't been sold yet, so do realize that that we we were talking about whether it was possible to to capitalize, and, and it certainly was. So really happy for her. I don't think that it could have happened to a, a better person there when it comes to you know, becoming a meme and how grounded she stayed with that, and then now to actually you know gain something from you know all these millions and millions of people using her picture you know for the last 15 years or, or more so it was a pleasure speaking with zoe i think you'll enjoy this one just to kind of hear the background of how the the meme happened what she's up to now what it's been like you know for her her whole uh, almost her whole life being you know a picture that everyone and the world almost knows. You know, she mentioned in this that something I never even thought about how the whole time she's been on social media, her picture and her face has been on social media being passed around. So just an interesting concept there. Um, without further ado, here is my interview with Zoe Roth. I have Zoe Roth uh, joining me today. How are you, Zoe? I'm pretty good. How are you? 
I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I, generally, you know, the, the way these things go is, you know, I ask you, tell me a little bit about, you know, growing up and then we get to what's happening now, but we're going to kind of go backwards this time because a lot of, you know, a lot of your story happened when you were, when you were growing up, when you were much younger. So tell us a little bit about uh, Zoe Roth now, I believe, are you 20 or 21? Something like that. Yeah, I'm 21 and I'm a senior at UNC Chapel Hill. I'm about to graduate. I'm studying international relations and Chinese right now. Mm, well, congratulations. That's awesome. So what, what, I guess what's the, what's the, the plan with uh, international relations? Well, I'm planning on going to grad school in Belgium in a year, but I think I'm going to take a year off right now to like travel because I did finish college in three years. So now I feel like I have this extra year that's like perfect for traveling. Like in your 20s, I feel like there's no time better than your 20s to just like pick up and go do all the things you want to do. So I don't know what exactly I'm going to be doing, but I just want to get out of North Carolina. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Have you been to Belgium before? I have not been to Belgium before. Yeah. So what what uh, what makes you want to go there? I I have been to Belgium. It's a it's a really cool place. Well, there's um, a university there that has this really cool master's program that I'm interested in, and it's only a year, so that's hmm. like perfect for me. Just one year master's program in Belgium. It's like a win win. Cool. So I guess kind of on a a note, just to show my my incompetence, and we were corresponding. I have no idea how I, on on a phone I can do it just fine, but I have no idea how to make an E with that umlaut on it. I looked it up. I just copied and pasted every time I could find that E and just put it in your, how do you make it happen on a computer? I actually do not make it ever happen on a computer if I ever You don't? Yeah. No, like I only am Zoe with the two dots and the E if I'm texting from my phone. Really? Well, I think there is a way. I've, I have I read that there is a way, but I don't know how to make it happen. So Me either. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to have the, the insight <laughs> for me, but now I don't feel quite as dumb because I was thinking there's, <laughs> no there's gotta be a way. I don't really understand that, but okay. So, <laughs> um, you know, your, your Instagram bio, it, it states, you know, your, your bio says it's a long story. So let's kind of get into that story. Why, you know, why we have you here today. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's cool things to, to be said about going to, to Belgium and things like that, but there is, there is more of a story to you. And it's that, uh, you know, when you were much younger, I think five years old, um, you know, there was a picture taken that kind of, uh, I guess, got, got spread. So tell us a little bit about that picture, given that we are, you know, on a podcast, a lot of people won't be able to see, kind of describe that and then kind of the, what happened from there. Yeah, so in January of 2005, my family, it's the four of us, my parents and my brother, we live in Mebane, which is a small town in North Carolina, and we hear all these fire trucks, which is like normal because there's a fire station like two blocks down from us, but they're all super close. They're like, okay, this is weird. We go out to our front yard and we look over and there's all this billowing smoke happening like maybe two blocks away. So we're like, okay, well, if we can see it, we can just go walk over and see what's going on. So we walk over and my dad has some pictures of me and my brother like running down the street and the fires like coming up. They're crazy pictures because he took so many crazy pictures that day. And so what had happened was the people whose house it was had donated their land to be cleared by the fire department. So it was like a test drill for the fire department and the people, it was like a win-win. They get their land cleared and the fire department gets to practice. So while we were there, they weren't really trying to put the fire out. It was super like chill. Like all these kids were like holding the fire hoses. And at the time I remember looking into the windows cause I didn't know that it was like a test drill till much later, but I was like, what's like, I was looking at all their stuff like burning in the windows and I was like, that like, 
are they okay? Like, did they get all the stuff they needed out of there? Like what's going on? But my dad still had his camera. So he's like, okay, Zoe, like smile. And so he takes a picture of me and I'm in the bottom corner of the frame. And behind me is this house that's on fire. And that's the meme. <laughs> that's the meme. And then I guess it's kind of, I, I don't know how the title got, got there, but it, the, the title, you know, that meme was disaster girl. So how do you mm-hmm. feel about first? How, how, how did that title come about? Do you know? And how do you feel, I guess, given that that was the title that you forever became disaster girl? I think in the early stages of the meme, people would crop my face and put it like put something else behind me at disasters. So mm-hmm. there's like that, um, the Hindenburg blowing up. And there's like uh, one time somebody um, photoshopped me onto Hitler, which I didn't like at all. Cause I was like eight and I saw it and I was like, Oh my God, this is pretty awful. Mm-hmm. But basically it was just that you would put my face in the corner and then you'd put a disaster behind me. So I think that's why it was called disaster girl. And then after that, I mean, now, like, I feel like if you're like, if I told somebody I'm the disaster girl meme, they'd be like, what? I'm like, oh, I'm the meme with the fire, you know, the little girl, the fire behind me They're like, Oh, I know that one. Yeah. Yeah. So how did it get from, you know, your, your dad's camera to, I guess, everyone's, everyone's screen? That is the question we always ask. I know he posted it on Flickr and Zoomer, which were both photo sharing websites at the time. And we think that it got popular because he posted it to JPEG magazine. He entered it in a contest they were having. And then they it won the contest. So they printed it in their magazine. They also posted it online. And at the time, I'm sure they had like a few thousand people reading their website. So I'm sure I always think about this. I'm sure one person was like, oh, this is funny. Like I should make a meme. And they like completely changed the course of my life. Like this one person's like, oh, this is a funny picture. I should like edit something behind it, something disastrous. And then after that, we had no control over it. We we're seeing it on Facebook and I funny. Me and my dad were like, how, like, how did this get out? Did you send this to somebody? Like, how, like, how is this on Facebook? Like our cousins or like my dad's coworkers would have it up in his cubicle. He's like, you know, that's my daughter. Like, how did you get that? And he's like, oh, I just saw it on like Reddit. I saw it on Facebook and thought it was funny. And we're like, what? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So did you, I mean, did your dad, when he took the picture, did he think it was, was funny or did he, or, or not? I guess I, I don't know whether he saw the, the humor behind it. Well, I think it's different because like all the pictures of me from 2005, 2006, I look evil. Like my smile is just <laughs> like this evil smile. We went back and like looked through the archives and all the pictures. I'm just looking like I'm barely smiling and I look really angry And so he is like an amateur photographer. So obviously he set up the shot like with the rule of thirds. So he thought it was a good picture. Like what's the word? Like it followed all the, checked all the boxes of like what a good picture is. And obviously he's like, this is just how Zoe smiles. But he's like, well, she does definitely look evil. I'll post it on the internet. (laughs) Thanks dad. (laughs) Yeah. So I I guess, you know, you you said all those pictures then. So did you, did you grow out of that? Or do you still have, you know, that the mischievous smile? I don't think my smile is mischievous, but obviously when I smile, it's the same. I'm still me. So I still yeah. look the same. People in interviews are always like, oh, do the smile, do the smile. I'm like, ugh. I am, I, not, I am not going to ask you to do that. Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So you, you, you talked already that it, was, it got into a magazine. Um, you know, the thing that I always think is interesting with, with these memes, a lot of times it's not like a, it's not a, instant thing and I think that was the case with you like it didn't it it was taken probably forgotten about and and no one really saw it until several years later right so yeah my dad took in 2005 and then 
it just keeps getting like so it's like paused nothing's happening he posts to jpeg magazine and we get this magazine and i'm in it and obviously i bring it to school because it's i'm in second grade and i'm like bringing this magazine to everybody i'm like oh my god i'm famous like people are gonna start stopping me in the streets like i'm this is the most famous i've ever been so that <laughs> happens and then it kind of pauses again and like people are always like reaching out like, Hey, can I have an autograph? Like, can you like sign this, whatever until like 2016, I think. And then 2016 for some reason, Oh fuck. Jerry makes his, what do you meme game? And so then the meme is like reinvigorated and like all the, like refinery 29 asks to interview me. And then usually if some, like if one person asks for an interview, they do an interview and then it's like a cascade, like mm-hmm. all these other people like read their interview. Like, oh, I could do that too. And so I'm doing like three or four interviews. And that was the first time anybody had interviewed me and I was 16. I was like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. So how do you, I mean, obviously there, it, it's a strange, strange way to become famous. How did you, I mean, did you, did you enjoy that or, or was it not really something? Cause obviously, you know, people, a lot of people, you know, they look back at their childhood and think, oh gosh, I was, I was a dork or something like that. So do you, I mean, do you enjoy this? People, I guess are so focused on your childhood and, and more so just one particular moment. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy it. I think I'm lucky that I have a good experience with it because I was a kid and I'm not recognized now. Like nobody's ever recognized me. So it's super easy for me to separate my public, like living, you know, day-to-day life from it. I know other people aren't as lucky, like people who are older when they got their memes taken, but generally I've definitely felt pretty lucky that I've gotten to have a good experience. And it wasn't like I was a kid, you know, so people are always nicer to kids on the internet. And I was just talking to the success kid um, meme I, we just started all the memes just started talking because everybody's talking about NFTs. And so now we're all like talking to each other about like, oh, like, what's your story? And it's actually really cool. But I know he like isn't as fond of his meme now. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that sucks. I'm really grateful that I've always had a positive experience with mine. Right, right. Yeah. So what did your when it all started happening, you know, you were in, in second grade, so still a kid and you know, the internet's a is a, a crazy place. You already talked about some of the the bad places that it showed up, but what was your, what was your family's you know, initial reaction when it started taking off? Did they, did they think it was cooler? Were they a little concerned or, or how did they feel? My, I mean, I always thought it was really cool. My dad thought it was really cool too, because he is like a photographer and he's like, Oh, this is just like, people love this because it's such a well, like a well-structured photograph. Like he's taking all the credit for it. Like, okay, dad, <laughs> but obviously I'm the star of this whole thing. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, that's funny. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I'm sure that the, the picture and the way that it was what way that it was posed is probably helps, but I don't know that that's, you know, the real reason why people like that picture. <laughs> um, so what are what are some of your your favorite, I guess, ways that you've seen it used, whether it's, you know, cropped and something else in the background or words added? Do you have any that you that you particularly like? I usually like the ones where it's just like, there's like little text on me and then little text on the house. So like, I know in 2020, it became like super big, pretty relevant again, just because 2020 was like a horrible year for everybody. And like everybody, like the house was like 2020 or like the humanity, anything and me, or I guess the background would just be like humanity, like failing, like public health. And then my evil face was like 2020, just because everybody was like, 2020 is so bad like this is the perfect meme for 2020 because it was like a dumpster fire like just horrible all the way around right no for sure and then you kind of touched on it earlier too but you know some of some of the the memes that you've seen that you don't particularly like and i guess how have you you know how have you you dealt with that because it is kind of a strange thing for somebody to 
have your, you know, your picture, have you as a child, and then, um, you know, put it on some, some very, some very unfortunate things. Yeah. Every time I see something that I don't like, I report it, which I mean, it usually doesn't get taken down because it is like public. I don't know. The internet kind of treats it like its own property, which, Mm -hmm. you know, it did get on the internet. It's like one of the first memes. So we obviously never had a chance to like pump the brakes. Like it kind of gets to do whatever it wants. And it makes me like uncomfortable, but I'm also like, people know that this isn't like that. The girl in the meme is not the one who wrote this or endorses this. Like, we're kind of just like free agents, all the memes just to be used by everybody else, which is like frustrating, but I don't know. I don't really care because as long as I've been on social media, it's also been there. So it's not like this new thing where all of a sudden I have to separate myself from this meme like entity, because as long as I've had social media, it's always been there. Well, yeah, that's, that's something that's interesting to, to think about, but yeah, I'm mm-hmm. sure it has been, I guess, what is it? I guess you're probably so used to it, but just, you know, flipping through your whatever it is instagram or facebook then you see it i mean is it is it still kind of a strange thing or do you, are you almost separated from that that person i feel like i'm almost separated from it at this point like maybe once or twice a week somebody i'm friends with sends me something and then i like it and i have this meme like folder on instagram where i save all the things that people send me my meme just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling really? like it used to be like really cool i used to be really excited but I don't know. I'm still like grateful for it that it's still relevant, obviously. But like in 2020 and 2021, like when I see it now, I'm just like, ah, nice, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Add it to the folder. <laughs> right, right. So you you talked about being one of the the early memes and and not really being able to to rein it in. That's something I I've kind of wondered about. You know, obviously it's it's you. It's you know your your father's photography. But did you? I mean, did you gain anything from it? Were you able to gain any kind of ownership, or is it really just public domain that it's just cool for you, but you don't get much out of it? It's pretty much public domain for my most of my experience with it. Um, fuck Jerry ended up using it in his game, so now he has the rights to it for a little for like five years. But I've, I mean, most of the things I do are interviews, and then sometimes like I've gotten flown out for interviews, so mm-hmm. I got to go to um. LA to do an interview with National Geographic which was really cool because National Geographic is like awesome like what are they talking to me about what do they need and it was about the history of the internet and I was like that's insane that they think that I'm enough of a part of the history of the internet that they want to fly me out and I was 18 at the time too so I was obviously like this is the coolest thing ever like back to my like celebrity status this is crazy and then when I was 19 I was working in Shanghai for the summer and BuzzFeed was doing this internet live thing in New York they're like, oh, we'd love to fly you out. It's like, oh, that's awesome. But I'm in Shanghai. Like, there's no way that you guys are going to fly me out. And they're like, oh, yeah, sorry. And then two days later, they're like, actually, like, we still want to fly you out. And I was like, okay, if you want to fly me from Shanghai to New York and back in, like, maybe, like, 50 hours. It was exhausting, mm. but it was also so much fun. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah, that's and, – and you kind of talked about that in the interview that I, I saw. Uh, mm-hmm. But just kind of going from, you know, your, your regular – college life to do to doing those cool things that's that's got to be quite the quite the experience yeah it definitely is I almost like always forget about it like what I'm doing I'm doing an assignment or something I'm doing my homework I'm in my class and I get either a dm or an email that's like hey like 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 an email that you sent me hey like I'm doing a podcast I'm doing I'm writing a story like for whoever xyz like I'd love to interview you I'm like okay well if I finish my Chinese homework and then I write my forum post then I can do the interview between two and three before I go to work like it's yeah. always, I just like slip it into the day, but I have so much other stuff going on too. So you did also mention a, you know, a mural in Portugal. Yeah. I was, you know, I hope to be the hero and find this dang mural, 
couldn't find it. What is, where, do you know anything more about that? Um, I have like some DM correspondence about it because I have a lot of fans that live in Portugal. So obviously like a lot of people DM me and they're like, Hey, I'm from Portugal. I'm from Brazil. I'm from whatever. And so I was like, I read them. I read all the DMs that I get, but someone's like, Hey, I'm from Portugal. I'm like, Oh, would you happen to know where this like mural is? I'm like, there's this mural of me. And this one person's like, Oh, I don't know where it is, but I figure that it's in this like little town because that's where all like, there's so many murals there. And then somebody else DMs me and they're like, hey, I'm the artist of the of the mural. And I was like, okay, send me the address right now. So somewhere in my DMs, I have like the the road that it's on, the region that it's in. So I will have to go to Portugal probably when I'm in Belgium, just pop over because like, how could I not? If there's a mural on my face, like I have to go see it. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And the, the, both of those places are really cool. So you'll mm-hmm. you'll enjoy that. I, I guess how does how does it work? You know, does everyone that you know your your friends with kind of know about this? Have you ever like I guess kind of dropped it in somebody like what this is crazy? Um, I mean, how how does how does that work? So all the people that I'm friends with now know about it. Obviously, like because if you follow me on Instagram, you're like, why do you have so many followers? And then yeah, oh, well, have you heard of this meme? It's the classic. But um, all my friends, like when I meet somebody, I don't I, like I don't tell them straight up because okay. I'm like, this isn't like the of my personality. This doesn't reflect me like I didn't do anything to deserve this. I'm not like I think it's cool, obviously, but like I don't think it's it's not something that I bring up because everybody will find out eventually. And then like yeah. usually like if I'm at a party or something like because it's my favorite thing to tell somebody for the first time, especially once they already know me. They're like, why don't you tell me that already? Like I knew all this other stuff. Like, why don't you tell me that? And I was like. I just didn't think it was that important. And then yeah. they end up having the responsibility of like their friends are like, oh, aren't you friends with that meme girl? Like, what's that story? And so then they have to learn the story and tell the story to everybody else too. Yeah. You know, we've already made you tell the story, so we've got it from you. But I, I guess, does it, does it get old having to repeat the story over and over and over? Or have you kind of embraced that that's what's made your, your life uh, interesting? I think a little bit of both. Recently, like in the last week or two, I've probably done like, five or six interviews so obviously that's getting like like on my phone I have like a little keyboard shortcut someone's like so what's the story and I type like xyz and then I get the whole thing because I just got tired of like writing it I wish I could do that in real life but obviously like since I've told it so many times recently I'm like making it more concise which is good because I usually tell it the same way and then I'm like maybe I'll like add some more details because it's kind of like robotic like I say the same things I like go through it the same way and so every once in a while, I'm like, maybe I should like edit it. Maybe I should like fix it, make it sound more eloquent. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can understand that. You know, in my, my day job, I work in admissions out of college. Oh. Um, so I actually, you know, the, the whole process of, of, you know, helping someone set up their account, you know, that is so second nature to me. Sometimes, you know, I'm five minutes into it and I'm realizing I'm not even thinking about what I'm saying. It's just yeah. there. It's just mm-hmm. there. So, yeah, no, I know I get that. So, you know, the, the million dollar question um, is, you know, given that, you know, with these memes that it's all, you know, somebody with, with a story, with a story that they probably can robotically tell at this point, do you yourself use memes? I do use memes. I honestly feel like memes aren't like getting used as much, especially by people my age, like Gen Z, like people like TikTok and they like Twitter, but like memes will always like have a role, you know, because it's so easy. They're just pictures like on Twitter. They're still used. And like every once in a while, I see like Chrissy Teigen, like used my meme the other day. and "Mm, Interesting. (laughs) Like, you know, I feel like they're all I don't use them as much anymore, but they're very cyclical. Like they come and they go and they come and they go. So I'm sure they'll come again. Yeah. So that was the million dollar question. Now the billion dollar question, do you ever use your own meme? I don't. I think that'd be too corny. Like I really do. I 
love it when my friends use it. Like yeah. I have a friend who like used it for class the other day. And I was like, I love when people do that. But like, I personally, I think I did one. I feel like I made one last year, but I honestly don't remember. It's probably related to Corona or something. Oh, well, I actually got coronavirus mm. in November <laughs> and I work at a hotel at a restaurant. And so they made me a little meme of like, they made me a meme of my meme when I got back and it was just me in the corner and the coronavirus particle in the back. And they're like, welcome back. Like, mm. <laughs> feel better soon. It was so funny. That is cool. That is cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like forever, even if, you know, the, the meme drops off, um, which I don't know that it will, you know, it was, you were talking about obviously just even with Corona that, that we brought it back and that was years and years ago. Um, but you forever kind of have that, that cool, you know, you already kind of talked about it. You already have that cool uh, party, party mm-hmm. trick or, or, or mm-hmm. fun thing. You know, what's, what's one interesting thing about you? I think you're going to beat most people. Well, people always say that, but I never like if we're doing two truths and a lie or like icebreaker, I never use it. I'll always use something else. Like, I don't know. It feels like I know that everyone's like, well, that'd be the coolest thing. Like, I would love it if I was in a room with somebody and they told me that. I don't know. It feels too like braggy or like flexy to me. Like if I'm friends enough with somebody, like they'll know, you know, I don't feel like I need to insert it into every conversation. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, I get that for sure. No, I get it. Um, so what does, you know, we, we talked about your, your future here very soon and going to, to Brussels, but what do you, what does the future hold as a, as a whole? In 20 years, when, when somebody's still asking you for an interview, what are you, what are you going to be, uh, what do you think you're going to be doing at that point? I mean, hopefully, I wanted to work for the government for a while because I'm doing like national security intelligence things. And so that'd be cool, like foreign service, maybe diplomat ambassador, because I do speak Chinese and I'm really interested in the relationship between the U.S. and China because I've been studying Chinese my whole life. And I think a lot of people don't really understand China. And like, it's very easy. People are like, oh, they're taking our jobs, like they're taking this and that, you know. And I think studying Chinese and Chinese culture has been really like a huge part of my life. And I've gone to China twice, once to study abroad and once to work. So hopefully I'm doing something with China, like analyzing, doing whatever, because I think it's really interesting. So that's the, that's the ultimate plan, but I need to get a little bit better Chinese still. I've got to touch up my skills. <laughs> that would be cool. I, I interviewed someone, oh goodness, it's been months ago, but he was actually, he lives in China. He's a U.S. Mm-hmm. citizen, lived there during the, you know, the beginning of, of COVID and kind of talked oh, about wow. that experience. Um, but China is such a, just a growing place. You know, he says, you know, there's skyscrapers going up literally every single week. There's towns that just 20 years ago were little fishing villages that now are, you know, millions and millions of people. So it's definitely a a place Mm -hmm. on the rise for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So how can people connect with you? Um, I know that uh, you you talked about an Instagram, so I guess kind of shout out, shout out those connection points. Um, Yeah, I mostly talk to people on Instagram. Instagram is just my name, Zoe Roth. And then I don't know, my Twitter and my my TikTok are kind of just for like me and my friends. <laughs> like yeah. I love talking to people, but like I also have my email, my bio, if everybody wants to email me. But email and Instagram is my main channels of like talking to meme related people. Absolutely. So Zoe Roth on Instagram. And we're not we're not dealing with the umlauts. It's just it's just with the regular letters, right? Yes. <laughs> Very good. Well, I appreciate your time. I know you've got you've got homework to do, so as someone in in uh, higher education, I can tell you, yeah, you, you ought to you ought to get your your homework done and not keep mm-hmm. talking to me. <laughs> well, it's nice talking to you. Absolutely. And that was my interview with Zoe Roth. Really enjoyed speaking with her. Just a, a cool story to hear 
how someone becomes a meme, I really think that it is kind of just luck and a fluke and just kind of having that picture out at the right time, the right person seeing it. And, you know, some of the best pictures are, are just between family and then a few of them somehow just become internationally known. And her picture is absolutely that. You know, she talked about having fans all across the world. So I really appreciate her spending some time with me. Uh, just learning a little bit about, you know, we, we saw a, a quick snapshot of her at five years old, and, and we've been seeing it for you know, the last 15, 16 years. But to see what she's doing now and grow, how it was growing up, you know, as a, a meme, kind of a cool experience that a lot of people, um, you know, I say a lot of people, most people, almost everyone um, does not have. So cool to, to hear her insight. Um, glad she was willing to share it. She's got a lot of really cool things, um, you know, in the works between graduating and, um, you know, potentially going get that master's degree overseas. Just, just some some cool things in her future. Wish her nothing but the best of luck. Do go check her out um, on her Instagram, and uh, go check us out too. Uh, Not enough podcasts on Instagram. Um, her Instagram is just her name, Zoe Roth. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for being here. Take it away, Chris. This has been Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff. Thank you for listening. Be sure to join us next time where we will interview another amazing guest who is sure to make you laugh or make you think, or hey, maybe even both. But until then, keep being awesome.